0: Let's remain standing this morning as we honor the gospel of Jesus, which comes to us from Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is in the midst of telling uh, several parables or small stories, and he includes this one. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away so when the plants came up and bore grain then the weeds appeared as well and the slaves of the householder came and said to him master did you not sow good seed in your field where then did all these weeds come from he answered an enemy has done this the slave said to him then do you want us to go and gather them? But the master said, no. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the weepers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. As we settle into the pew, let's also open our minds and pray together that we might hear from you, great spirit of love, the word, the eternal word that comes through words of sermon or scripture or song or even the silence. May we hear it, appropriate it, interpret it with our very lives and live with great joy. Unite us now with all of your children in all time and place, as together we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his first disciples, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, it was time to clean off my desk. It had become quite a clutter. This is my desk at home, not my one here at the church office. On my desk was a graduation announcement from my friend Mark. Mark had graduated from the Hebrew Union. Mark is a friend I made a decade or more ago. Uh, He's Jewish, and apparently, one day, long ago, I asked him if he had ever thought about being a rabbi. And in his graduation announcement, he told me, That was what started me on this journey, and I want to thank you. Wow. I need to get in touch with Mark. been sitting on my desk for a while. Also on my desk was a business card from a young pastor at the First Baptist Church of Corbin, Kentucky, Austin Carty. Very impressive young man. I met him at uh, Cooperative Baptist Fellowship General Assembly and want to get with him to support him in what he's doing down in Corbin. There was a letter from the Baptist Seminary of Kentucky, uh, a new fledgling group with a new uh, president, David Cassidy, They have some great new ideas, and I'm very much wanting to be in touch and help in whatever way I can. Always on my desk is a pile of articles and journals and books that Ken Johnson, a member of our church, sends me. Ken is single-handedly keeping the U.S. Postal Service in business because he sends several times each week uh, different articles, journals, uh, uh, books that he's found, and they're all good. They're all really good, in fact, so you can't throw any of them away. It was a letter from Meredith Bell, one of our young adults. Having graduated from college, she's now following God's call to inner city Richmond. She's asked for our prayers and our support. And I really want to reach out to Meredith and give thanks for all that God is doing in her life. Also on my desk was some forms that my new therapist uh, has asked me to fill out because i got to go talk to somebody about my anxiety. I wonder why I've got anxiety. And I noticed even as I was cleaning off the desk, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling that thing in my chest that emanates out to my shoulders and my fingers. It just begins to overwhelm me. And so I stop and I go, what, what is this? What causes this? Am I afraid I'm going to miss something? Well, yeah, Every scrap of paper is another idea, another commitment, another request, something I need to know or read or give to or care about or argue with because, you see, we all, I'm like you, we all want to do things right. And we want life to be ordered. We want to take care of business and make things as they should be. And I can talk about this because I know I'm not alone. We live in a culture that is filled with anxiety at all kinds of levels. Individually, we feel pressure to perform, to know, to be, to do, to experience. Families live in this anxiety. And it affects all of our interactions with each other. It happens in businesses where you work, where you go to school. It can even happen in church. And I don't have to tell you how it's happening in politics today. Because everyone wants to do what they perceive to be the right thing to change the way that things are now in order to make them what they should be in their from their point of view, and so to an anxious culture and to an anxious people, Jesus offers this incredible gift of a parable, a, a story, the wheat and the weeds. Which is a calling to us, an invitation to live by the wisdom that is bigger than our own. The question before the disciples and Jesus was, why are, they, why are there all these weeds in the world? Where did these come from? Master, didn't you use good seed when you planted? What?" Where would all this bad stuff come from? Why, why is it present in the church? Matthew's writing to the church. Why is there all these bad things in the church? Why are there bad things in me? If you've ever grown a garden, you know the answer. You can till, you can pull, you can dig, you can round up, you can clear, and still there are going to be weeds. We get these little wild onions. Man, I hate those things. Because they grow underneath the plant that you planted, and you can't get to them without digging up the plant and finding the bulb. But it's just so annoying. And even worse, when they interweave with the roots of the plant so that it becomes impossible to pull one without pulling the other. Listen, I, I, I've never been on a farm. The closest I've ever been to a farm is I ate dinner one time at a Bob Evans uh, restaurant. Uh, Laughter. I don't know about farms. I've never grown wheat, but I'm told that wheat is much the same. The wheat and the weeds, they interweave and they resemble each other so that you can't detect it until it's too hard to remove it. But Jesus wants to be clear. God's the source of only good seed. God is the source of only good seed, of abundance, of harmony, of love, of reverence, and this holiness that I think we often see as wholeness, completeness. God's seed brings wheat. God's seed brings life. The wheat produces the the living bread, the, the, the stuff of life. But he's also very clear that there are other seeds that get planted. While we're asleep, while we're not conscious of it, the seeds of weeds are planted. These are things that are not God's intention. They don't nourish. They don't feed. In fact, they compete and they choke out the weeds. And the owner says, the enemy did this. Now, here at Highland, we don't talk a lot about the enemy. We don't talk about the devil. We put a sign out on Grinstead that says, No hellfire, no, brimstead, no, no, no brimstone. Uh, so we had to agree not to talk about the devil too much before we put that sign up. Not really. But we resist personifying a devil because we've seen how weird it can get. And we know that the devil is really shorthand for any counter-message to the gospel of Jesus. In fact, you might say the devil is anti-Christ. And so what we do at Highland is we talk about the the, the evidences of this this weed, of this devil, of this uh, message counter to Christ. We talk about scarcity. We talk about fear, hatred, competition, Greed, anger, isolation, violence, misuse and abuse of power and resources, judgmentalism, a culture of narcissism. Jesus says these weeds come from the enemy, and they're sowed into our lives when we're not conscious of it, when we're not awake. But the wheat and the weed, they grow side by side. They intertwine. They resemble each other except for one crucial difference. One crucial difference between wheat and weeds. Wheat is about life, it's about giving, it's about love, it's about harmony, it's about feeding souls, whereas weeds are about taking. About being in a place where they're not welcome and stealing and competing and invading and opposing the wheat of God's kingdom. So that in a field where there's this wheat of abundance, the weeds of scarcity also seem to somehow get sown. In a wheat field filled with God's beautiful harmony are also the weeds of division. In the wheat field of love is also sown the wheat the weeds of fear, In, where wheat of reverence and holiness and wholeness are sown, also are sown weeds of commodification and devaluing and deforming life. Can you feel this? As you think about the world today, can you sense this? struggle between the forces of good and giving and multiplying and the forces of evil and selfishness and fear. We actually talk about it a lot. We tell these stories. We tell the story of Jesus. We still tell the story of Francis of Assisi. We tell children's stories about Pinocchio and going to the pleasure island and the choices we make. We tell the story of the Hunger Games or Star Wars or Harry Potter. We, we allegorize this wheat and weed in all kinds of ways. But do we do the careful and sometimes uncomfortable work of applying this image of wheat and weeds to the questions that are before us today as a culture are the issues that are being raised are they about life or are they about death are they about giving or are they about taking are they about hopefulness or are they about hatefulness and scarcity what drives us individually personally as a church as a culture as an american people what what options are before us? And are the options ones that give or take? Do they feed and nurture or do they hoard and vilify? Well, the slaves were reasonable people. They'd, they'd done this work before. They assumed they knew what the master would want them to do. You, you want us to go round them up, right? Round up the weeds and bundle them up it's what farmers do you hoe you dig out the weeds you kill the weeds it's what groups do you decide who's in and who's out you hoe you dig you weed out if they're like you they're okay if they're not like you you weed them out it's what churches do churches sometimes pronounce judgment and frankly it feels good because in a world that seems sort of ambiguous sometimes it just feels good to make a judgment to be clear and decisive and authoritative and conclusive even though jesus said yeah don't don't judge don't judge matthew chapter 7 the sermon on the mount don't judge so that you're not judged The owner says, don't uproot the weeds. For in uprooting the weeds, you're also going to uproot the wheat as well. Let them grow together. And at the harvest, in the end, when when the fruit is born, we'll separate them then. We'll bundle the wheat and we'll put them in bundles and we'll burn that. But the wheat we will put into the barns and it will feed people's souls. In other words... There is this invitation for us to have a kind of sacred patience. To let things unfold, reveal themselves. To trust the process, to trust that ultimately we will know them by their fruits. Besides that, we know our patterns. We know we are tempted to presume that we, who got up on a Sunday morning and came to church on a rainy dark day, we're the wheat, right? Just like last week, we're the good soil. Only we were reminded, no, sometimes we're the hard soil. Sometimes we're the rocky soil. Sometimes we're the weedy soil. And sometimes we're the good soil. We are the wheat. But we're also the weeds, Sometimes we get lost on our way and we find that we're always this mixture of wheat and weeds, good and evil. One way one day we're devoted, we're ready to storm the gates of hell, and the next day we're just a little apathetic and perhaps a little bit irritable. One day we're like Simon Peter saying to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus saying in response, Yes, blessed are you, Simon. You're the rock. And the very next moment, Jesus has to turn to Simon Peter and say, Get behind me, Satan. Satan. So we live with more grace. We live with the sacred patience for others and sometimes even for ourselves because it may take a while to discern what's what and who's who. Lauren read the text for us earlier. story of Jacob and Esau. Surely Jacob is a weed. I mean, this guy, he, he tricks his brother at birth. He tries to pull his brother back into the womb. Later on, he steals his birthright. He, he's, a, he's a cheater. He's a wimp. Get this guy out of here. And yet, in the text Lauren read, God speaks to this weed and says, I'm using you as an instrument of love. Through you, all the world will be blessed. You never know. I heard a story this week about a a weed here in the Highlands. This man who, back in the 70s, had a large... Marijuana operation. He owned some barns, some some warehouses. He was growing all kinds of, of marijuana, and he got arrested for it. He was sent to prison for some years, came back to the Highlands, lived in this house. He was kind of a hoarder. He had a debilitating disease and just stayed to himself, except that he would visit with the neighbors, but no one ever came into his house. And his house was one of those houses on the block where you walk by and go... Somebody's not taking care. Get this weed out of our neighborhood. So it was a surprise when he died. They found out that he actually left whatever he had, including his home, to a young girl who lived down the street he had befriended. A little girl from a working class home who would have never had any kind of opportunity in life, except now she owns a home in the Highlands. Was he wheat weed or weeds? It's like my nephew. He was a professional gambler in Las Vegas until he went bust and moved back to Ohio and opened up an illegal uh, uh, gambling house until it got busted. And he lives kind of hand to mouth in this little house that doesn't have uh, heat and electricity. They heat by a wood stove. And he lives there with his ex-wife's daughter, who's a stripper, And they're a biracial child. And he also lives with his ex-wife's brother and his wife who are crack addicts. And you think, it's a house full of weeds. Burn that thing down. And then you go visit them. And you see the love between them. The mutuality, the care, the support. It's, It's like nothing you and I would think of as family. But for them, it's family. Leave the weeds alone, said the owner. Let them be. Don't uproot them or you'll uproot the wheat if you pull the weeds. Let them grow together. And at harvest, we will separate them. And all the bad stuff we'll bundle up and burn. The wheat we'll put into the barns. And that's what happens. Ultimately and in the end, all that is in us and around us that is shaped by the devil, this counter message to the gospel, this antichrist message of scarcity and fear and violence and narcissism, all causes of sin and all evildoers, says Jesus, will be bundled and thrown into the refining fire. Not people, things, attitudes, spirits, ideas, burned up and put away, which is to say that what Jesus promises is this. The world will ultimately be as God intended it. In the meantime, in the meantime, trust God and follow this way and truth and life, believing in the end only goodness will prevail. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. As we pray, goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. And so we dwell at home with you, God, forever. As we make our home with you, give us the great grace of our Lord Jesus to hold that sacred patience and wait until all is revealed and the world is as you dream it to be. In your holy name and to your glory we pray. Amen.